0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Explain Like I'm Five, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts. I'm Tim.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm Kevin.
0: So, Kevin, today we're talking about why a piece of digital art this week was sold for nearly 70 million dollars.
1: Oh, yes, Tim. That was quite an eye opener.
0: Well, um, before we get into that, we should just say a big thank you to the user A Real Opinion for the lovely five-star review they wrote for us on iTunes.
1: That's right. He said, I really enjoy listening to these podcasts that are informative and fun to listen to. I love that these questions are actually things you would never think about or have always thought about, but never dug in. Thank you again.
0: Yeah. So thank you to A Real Opinion and actually to all the other listeners who have left some kind words of encouragement for us.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a really big help. It's just the two of us uh, and it helps find more people find our show on iTunes.
0: So now to this week's topic, NFTs or non-fungible tokens. Uh, lots of people have been asking about what this is and what it actually means to own a non-fungible token. Can you tell us what happened this week?
1: Yeah, of course. So a digital artwork by an artist called Beeple sold for 69.3 million US dollars this week in March 2021 if you happen to be listening to this later. Uh, Christie's auction house sent shockwaves through the auction industry by selling people's every uh, day every day's the first 5000 days uh, for that massive sum. People thought it would be valuable. Uh, but the number truly surprised everyone.
0: Uh, and the interesting thing is the story went far beyond just the eye popping price. But it's more the impact on the broader industry and the whole concept of NFTs.
1: Totally, totally. You know, digital art uh, happens to be an early use case for NFTs uh, because of the ability for the block of blockchain technology to assure that unique signature and ownership of NFTs. But there's potentially new early uh, you know many more cool use cases in the future.
0: We will talk about some of those, uh, but let's first explain, like I'm five, what are NFTs or non fungible tokens?
1: Yes, of course. So, uh, an acronym, right? And NFT stands for non fungible token. Now, that may sound scary and technical, but we can explain it pretty simply here. It is basically a unit of data on what is considered a digital ledger, uh, so that's a blockchain where each unit can represent a unique digital item, and thus the units are not interchangeable, they're not fungible.
0: Okay, so we will come back to the token part of it, but you have to explain the concept of fungibility.
1: Yes, yes. Basically, when we describe something as uh, fungible, what that means is you can readily replace it with something equivalent, and that's fine for you know everyone that cares. Uh, a dollar bill, for example, is fungible because if someone rips up a dollar bill in your wallet, you know they can just replace it with another dollar bill and you're no worse or better off. Both of those dollar bills always uh, represents the same thing. And stocks in a company are also the same. You know, One share of Google stock, for example, is worth the same as any other share of Google stock. It doesn't really matter which one you happen to have. Uh, one Bitcoin is also the same as another Bitcoin. They're designed to be equivalent and interchangeable. But now imagine you have a dollar bill signed by, let's say, Warren Buffett, uh, Or as one Redditor described, the lucky dollar bill maybe you saved from your first paycheck. Those dollar bills are non-fungible.
0: I see, okay, so even if it is uh, reproducible like a dollar bill, your one is special and this is kind of where you're headed with this, right?
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. We can now uh, reproduce art even quite easily, but still an original Picasso costs so much more than even the best reproduction. You know, you're not just paying for the look of the painting, but for its history and provenance, you're paying for the fact that it's the original Picasso.
0: Okay, Um, but in a digital world and with digital art, you can literally Control c Control v uh, copy-paste to get exactly (laughs) the same thing.
1: Yes, yes. That is true. Uh, And this is where the blockchain comes in. So remember how with cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, Ethereum, the whole point is that you can use what's basically a giant list to keep track of where the money is and who owns what?
0: I do remember that. We covered it on a Bitcoin episode what now feels like a long, long time ago, um, at least in Bitcoin terms. But uh, I guess the general principles around the blockchain are still exactly the same.
1: Totally. Totally, you can use that same technology, that digital ledger, to ensure that you own this quote unquote limited edition version of a creative work, that because it's digital would otherwise be infinitely reproducible. So just like the person with uh, the limited run edition of their favorite, let's say novel on their bookshelf, or an original painting by their favorite artist, you can now have a token that effectively says, I bought one of the only 200 limited edition versions of this piece and no matter how many times the piece itself is copied, there will only ever be 200 of these tokens. So as a result, it is special. It is maybe, you know, implies ownership.
0: So an NFT can be used to cause uh, artificial scarcity then?
1: Yes, that is also quite important. There's basically now scarcity for digital creative work by making only one NFT of that work with a unique signature. So NFTs of artworks are therefore similar to, you know, autographed items, the unique identity and ownership of an NFT is verifiable also via the blockchain ledger.
0: So now, okay, it's possible to buy a unique piece of art with a unique token that says you own it. Uh, But why is this valuable? People, a lot of people have this question right now.
1: Yes, yes. And that's a question that doesn't have a clear answer. You know, you ask different people, you'll get different answers. Um, For some, it's bragging rights. For some, it's actually to support their favorite creators by maybe buying a premium version that's a little bit more unique. Uh, Other people view it as an investment or speculative investment. As with any good where, you know, only a limited number exists, they may expect it to possibly increase in value over time. So then they'll hold on to it, hopefully, hopefully selling it for hire later.
0: So apart from digital art, let's touch on some of the other use cases, because NFTs have been sold for a number of different things in their short history.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the first craze was something called CryptoKitties, uh, which was one of the earliest uses of NFTs back in 2017. And, you know, virtual goods and games have always been at the forefront. Uh, RareBits launched a year later with a collectible card game platform.
0: There's also use cases in sports, right?
1: Mm -hmm. The NBA were pretty early to the party with a partnership with uh, Dapper Labs, the creator of CryptoKitties, and their NBA Top Shot collectible and tradable NFT-based app. So it basically sells these tokens in packs that they say contain uh, multimedia and data smashed together. So a LeBron James clip was priced in the hundreds of thousands of dollars.
0: There's also a soccer one, right?
1: Yes, yes. The soccer equivalent on a platform uh, called So Rare announced on Sunday that a single NFT card of Portuguese soccer superstar Cristiano Ronaldo sold for $289,000 and $920 on the platform. Crazy.
0: Okay, so to wrap up, NFTs are essentially a way of applying some of the limited edition value or the autograph of physical objects to the digital marketplace by creating artificial scarcity
1: yes good summary uh and definitely an interesting space to follow you know just like bitcoin and blockchain i'm sure we'll have to come back and do update episodes on this topic in the future
0: did you learn something new if you did send us an email we are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com we love hearing from you especially when you have suggestions on what we could do better or future topics for this podcast As always, thank you to the wonderful community at r slash explain like I'm five. We'll see you all next week.